I am somebody that expects so much out of myself that I won't stop until I get what I want and what I think I deserve. I've come a long way and, and I've given myself um, a lot of grace this past couple of years and that has made all the difference. Hey everyone, Emily Avadi here, bringing you episode 214 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course, have some fun along the way. For episode 214, I am, uh, oh my goodness, invigorated, let's use that word, to chat with Emma Bates. She's an ASICS-sponsored pro runner, and she ran just last week in the World Athletic Championships, the marathon, where she got a personal best time of 2.23.18. Now, of course, Emma talks to us all about what happened out there last Monday. And we also dial it back, talking about her journey with sport, a huge move that she made not all that long ago during the pandemic from Boise to Boulder, Colorado to join a new training team and start over. Emma talks openly and really gets vulnerable about her divorce, what it's been like for her, how much it means to her to have such powerful female friendships with some excellent ladies that you've heard of on the show before, including Emma Coburn and Aisha Proudlier. Plus, we have a really beautiful discussion about the impact that her late father has had on her training, on her career, and how his memory is truly one of the biggest motivators for her to keep on going when the times feel tough. A huge thank you to Emma's sponsor at ASICS for connecting us. I had such a fun time out at World Championships working with ASICS and bringing some really important conversations to light. Now, you know that I want to help you live healthier, happier, more motivated lives, and ASICS stands by that mission. So they are offering you something special. They don't do this often. If you head on over to ASICS.com and use the code HURDLE15 at checkout, you can get $15 off an order of $100 or more. So many unbelievable sneakers to choose from, great gear, my go-tos, the Gel Cumulus, and the Nova Blast for everyday training. Again, that coupon code HURDLE15 at checkout for $15 off $100 or more at ASICS.com. If you are so inclined, you can also sign up for their one ASICS membership and one ASICS members can save 10% on their first order plus get free shipping. Make sure you're following along with Hurdle over on the socials. It's at Hurdle Podcast. I am over at Emily Abadi and it would mean so, so much to me if you could do two favors for me today. If you haven't rated and reviewed the show yet, go on into wherever you're listening to this and do so. Plus, sign up for the weekly Hurdle newsletter. So much of the same stuff you love about the show in your inbox every single Friday morning. Motivation, spotlights of Hurdle listeners all across the globe. So much goodness in there. So click on over to the show notes and subscribe today. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Emma Bates. She is a pro runner for ASICS, a marathoner. How are you doing today? I'm so good. So excited to be on this. This is awesome. So thank you. Oh, man. Honestly, at this point, I'm just excited that I snagged some of your time because you walked in here. You're being pulled in a zillion different directions. We are here in Eugene right now. Some big things happened this week. Some very big things. And I mean, I didn't realize how big they were until just everybody started talking about it and like wanting photos with me. And I'm just like, I feel like a superstar here. It's crazy. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Does no. it feel like unsettling for you a little bit? Like, do you feel completely comfortable stepping into that? 
no, I don't at all. No, I'm just a runner. Like, you know, like that's all I do. And so I never think what I do is like that special. And then to know how many people are affected by it and inspired by it is just, it's so moving and just like very unexpected. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, uh, the other day after you, full disclosure, I guess I haven't even said this yet. I'm sure it'll be said in the intro, but um, Emma crushed the World Athletic Championships were out here. She ran the marathon and hit a personal best time of? 2.23.18. Wow. So like a minute PR from yeah. my last race. Yeah. That is outstanding. Absolutely outstanding. And it was so cool to see. But, um, you know, I put out onto my Instagram after you you hit that amazing time. I was like, what do you guys want to know from Emma? Like, what do you, what do you want to know? And from Emma Coburn. Oh! Who wanted wanted to make sure that everyone knew this, so I'm going to read it verbatim. The best thing about Bates and what sets her apart from anyone I know is that she is 100% committed to her training and her running, but she's also such a dynamic, happy, interesting social person outside of that. If you met her outside of running, you would have no idea that she is one of the best marathoners this country has ever seen. She's carefree, lighthearted, easygoing, has zero, and I mean zero with four O's, neurotic runner tendencies but she is a beast she knows her body she commits to training which was originally written as commutes and she wants to also let people know that you do commute to train sometimes um (laughs) she never ever ever complains my word my teammates are the most wonderful people on the planet emma is like we were talking about how there's like this emma effect like being around emma coburn you just like automatically want to be a better person because she is just like the most sparkly just most outgoing caring individual that I've ever met in my life and like beyond running she like if she didn't even run a step in her life like she would just be the most amazing person still like I cannot believe that I'm her teammate she has uplifted every single person on the team to be a better person to be a better athlete to just overall just you know um, be empowered and confident in themselves and to have her leading the forefront of this team is just something that oh I never thought I would have in my life and to to have her say that about me you know is just like she took the time out of her day to just you know talk to you and 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 just like make sure that everybody knows how you know wonderful we have it you know in boulder colorado the training that we do and just how close we are with each other and that just like brings tears to my eyes honestly have you up until this point in your life had such strong female relationships no honestly like my sister has been the biggest role model in my life like we were we actually like got into a lot of uh just arguments and a lot of fights growing up because we were so competitive with one another and she really like really ignited that fire of just like competitive nature in me and grit um but when it came to friends like I never had like really good girlfriends and if I if I did like it always became very like cutthroat and petty and especially in running because it's such an individual sport Mm -hmm. and so there was like times that I wanted to work together but like it just wasn't it didn't mesh at all and so to be on team boss where we are all sponsored by different companies but we come together because we just want to train together and be and just be friends like we just have such a good time outside of training um but it just it works so well and like I I can't imagine being on any other team um and I didn't really know what to expect I I wasn't sure who these people were on the team um I had never met Emma before um but the moment that I stepped into that team it was like they they greeted me with open arms and just so much love and so much compassion and you know caring nature that I just like knew that this was right for me yeah and you stepped into team boss after going through some hurdles yourself getting out of a marriage I would imagine that just the uncertainty like the mounting uncertainty that was going on for you at that time so to be greeted with so much compassion uh, was probably also pretty emotional Completely. And I was struggling at the time, but I was so happy to be in an environment where um, I just felt so valued. And so they were just so impressed with me for like being so optimistic, but it was so easy to do around them. They Mm -hmm. just they made it so easy to kind of like forget about all that, you know, crap that I was going through and just focus on the here and now and and becoming, you know, a better runner, a better person, a better everything. We obviously started this chat talking about Emma 
Emma going through her own hardships, which she's talked about on the show with everything that's going on with her mom and her cancer. So to be able to connect and get vulnerable with one another isn't always easy, but when you're all kind of upfront with what's going on, open about your baggage, it can be hard to get to that point. But once you're there, that culture of support, I like get chills thinking about it. It's it's amazing. We can tell when each of us is having like a bad day or an off day, you yeah. know, and like we know what to say and when to say it. Like there are definitely times where you don't want to bring stuff up because of the, you know, the run that we have that day or workout, like we have to kind of be more focused in that. But then immediately after it's like hey like what's going on like talk to me kind of thing and so it's it's such a a safe environment such a safe space to open up yeah and I know because I've heard you speak about this on pods before but you are the kind of person that like really doesn't feel if like life is super hectic or you're really upset that you can run well so to come in to this new team at the time and like be carrying all of that, were you scared? Very, very scared. And I didn't know how anybody was going to respond to that kind of um, situation. And so I didn't want to come off as, you know, emotional or anything like that. But the moment that I like kind of let my guard down a little bit, I was like, oh, my gosh, they're accepting me for who I am and everything that comes with it. And like they're not only like accepting me, but they're like more inspired by me for like what I've gone through and what what I'm doing right now. Yeah. So let's let's take it back a little bit to before joining Team Boss. When would you say you got to a place where you knew that, all right, I'm actually pretty good at this? I would say probably seventh grade, honestly, was like the beginning of when I knew I would be good at running. I was able to make it on the varsity team there and uh, ran super, super well and um, loved it. I ran in like the mile in gym class and was beating all the boys. And so that's when I like fell in love with running was that competition (laughs) side of it. But it was probably seventh grade where I was like, I want to do this for the rest of my life. Like I found my people in the in the sport of cross country specifically. um, And they're just like total weirdos. And I was like, yep, this is it. This is it for me. (laughs) Total weirdos. You know, it's funny because most people when they reflect on like running the mile in seventh grade, they're like, this is actually the worst experience of my life. But I appreciate to hear like an opposite take on it. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, okay. So you knew from the get-go, good at running, beating the boys. But when do you kind of fall into the groove? You said loved cross country, but did you know that you were going to skew distance? No, like I started out with sprints um, specifically, but I was a very hyperactive kid. So my mom was like, hey, you need to do some distance running because you need to I need to wear you out and stuff. And she's like, if you don't like it on the first day, you can go back to sprints. But again, I fell in love with the people so much. And I just like felt so confident about myself, like just knowing that like the harder that I worked, the better I was going to get. And then kind of applying that to other facets of my life. And, you know, schoolwork was was the main thing at that point. You know, Mm -hmm. when you're 12 years old, there's not a lot else going on. My my schoolwork just improved so much more. And I just gained so much more um, self-worth. And just like I I knew that like I had the efficacy to like do anything I wanted to do and reach the goals that I wanted to achieve. You know, it's interesting to have that perspective. Would you say that way, that mentality was modeled for you at home? Or where did you fall into the understanding that the harder that I work, the better that I will be? It was honestly running. And like, I mean, my my sister was such a hard worker when it came to schoolwork and everything like that. But that bored me. Like, I, I couldn't sit still, you know. Like, I needed to do something with my body that, like, you know, made me um, feel accomplished and, I don't know, kind of more tangible results at that point in my life. And so running was, like, so tangible. Like, every time I ran a race, I got faster and faster and faster. And so PRing was, like, such a big deal. And, like, just knowing that um, people just really – like kind of build you up once you like you know find something that you really enjoy and like put passion into people want to support that people want to like back you up in that and like having that support system having that village was like this is this is what I want this is what I want my life to be and it's also a really great point that you said like enjoying that process and like something that you feel really passionate about because if you're not enjoying that journey then the results aren't going to feel nearly as rewarding, right? So for you to actually find that excitement within the process is such an important highlight because 
for so many who might be training for something or gearing up for something or whatever they have coming down the pipeline, it's easy to lose sight of that sometimes. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's no point if you don't enjoy the process at all. And like I definitely lost sight of enjoying the process um, during the few first few years that I was um, a professional runner, even in college too, when the pressure got a little too high and I just felt like it was a chore and I just wasn't enjoying myself. I wasn't enjoying um, anything I was doing or the people that I was around. It was just like, it was so daunting. Every single task was just like so heavy. And people could sense that and like you know I was kind of digging myself into a hole like and I just was like what am I doing this for and so I took a step back a couple times from running just to kind of reassess and like is this really what I want to do and it it came back to me like running always comes back to me it's always there for me in a way that nothing else has been but it's just like trying to simplify it like just running hard and having fun is like my motto and honestly like that's all you need it to be um it doesn't need to be rocket science you know you can just go out there with a pair of shoes and just go go run and kind of you know think through your thoughts or or just you know listen to music and that's your me time the kind of the time to center yourself and that's that's what i want it to be going forward um, as a professional athlete do you remember in some of these instances where you debated taking that back step or removing yourself from the sport uh, what exactly was a circumstance that brought you back? Mm-hmm. Um, so specifically when um, I stepped away from it and I wasn't sponsored after being with the Boston Athletic Association. I was sponsored by them for three years out of college and then I decided that I just didn't want to compete anymore. Um, I just wanted to run. I just, I love the training still, um, but I, I wasn't making any money, so I needed to have a couple jobs. And so I got um, a nannying job and then worked at Whole Foods as a cashier. I was working like 50 to 60 hour weeks, um, but still running on top of it and running all of a sudden became like an outlet. It became like a source of like stress relief. And, you know, the, that was the easiest part of my day, whereas it was the hardest part of my day. It was the chore of the day, you know, for so many years. And so that was the way that I kind of created a, a safe space again for me and running and, and fell back in love with it. It was because, you know, it was just a time for me to reflect and a time for me to like look inward and, and realize who I wanted to become and running became a part of who I wanted to be become. When you were in the act of falling back in love with the sport, was that time for you really self-reflecting or some people when they run, they really want to run so they don't have to think. Like you get into such a flow state that you're actually not mentally processing or dealing with any of the shit that you probably need to deal with maybe with a therapist and not on the run. Yes. So for you, like where where did you sit in that spectrum? It's always um, a space for me to collect my thoughts. Like I have so much going through my head all the time and running is the time where I like file it into folders and am able to kind of, you know, take really useful bits and pieces of all the thoughts that have gone through my head throughout the day or throughout the week or throughout the month. And so I use that time to really just like hone in on like all my feelings, all my thoughts and just kind of let them flood over me and I mean, the best time to do that or time to reflect, I think, is like during long runs. And so, you know, I would go for like two hour long runs just because, I mean, it was just so fun for me because I was able to kind of take in everything around me and really like, you know, kind of go forward with with all the thoughts that were kind of, you know, rushing into me. Yeah. I've heard you speak about using the long run specifically to navigate uh, the loss of your dad. Can you share a little bit with us about how you used running both to navigate his diagnosis and what he was going through and then kind of as that proceeded? Yeah, so in 2016, it was August that I learned that my dad had a really rare lung disease. And so he was going to have to get a lung transplant. And so with that, it's like one to five years um, typically of life. So I knew that like I would probably have to move back home and, um, you know, kind of deal with everything that's going on and try to spend as much quality time with him that I could. But it was like two months later that he ended up being admitted and and passing away very quickly. And so it was very just unexpected. Um, I he was healthy my entire life. And all of a sudden this thing, you know, happened and it was it was really hard to grasp. And so I 
just every time I go out to run, every time like I'm struggling, especially um, when it comes to like breathing or if I'm like feeling like I'm overwhelmed and I start to breathe really heavy, I mm-hmm. start to think of my dad because mm-hmm. he was struggling to breathe for so long. And when he was in the hospital, he had all these tubes hooked up to him to, to help him breathe and he couldn't breathe on his own. And so whenever I think of that, when I'm in those times, I, I think breathe for him, you know, like he couldn't do it. Um, be strong for your dad, you know, and like do what he couldn't in the end. And I always just like, he was always like the toughest, strongest person that I had in my life. Like, you know, he, he was somebody that didn't like to, um, really, uh, show his weaknesses, which is, is good and bad. But like, I, I definitely try to, you know, kind of enrapture that in a way that like I can make it my own thing whereas I can be vulnerable but I can also like be tough and gritty and you know kind of fight through things and he gave me that and so whenever I yeah like I'm struggling and like want to quit it's just like you know just think of him and, and and just fight for him but it wasn't always that way for you in running in that at the beginning, navigating, running this thing that has in your life given you so much solace became challenging. You're talking about now when you struggle to breathe, you remind yourself how fortunate you are to breathe at all. Mm -hmm. But going through this period of time where you felt as though you couldn't breathe, shed some light on how it felt for you to navigate this time where the thing that traditionally brought you so much solace it felt like you were incapable of doing. Yeah, that was like a super hard time to like just deal with like the grieving process, of course. So like every time I got to a point of running that it hurt or was uncomfortable, like I would just break down and just, you know, I would be hyperventilating and I would go through panic attacks and everything like that. And so that just made running so much harder. And I felt like, you know, there was this like running used to be my space of just like joy and like comfort. And now it's becoming this thing that's just like, it's so overwhelming and I feel like I'm drowning. Um, so that was like a really tough time. And it was like, you know, a couple years of just, you know, this isn't, this isn't going well. And, um, this isn't providing any kind of, you know, um, outlet for me or any kind of comfort. So I need to just kind of change some things. And, um, yeah. How'd you flip the perspective? Um, I just, You know, going through a parent, um, you know, passing away before it's their time, it's just, it makes you realize how short life is and how, you know, things are so minuscule. So, so many things are trivial and it's, it's like running isn't that important and your performances aren't important. Um, Running doesn't need to be, you know, the forefront of my life, but it can still be there for me in a way that like uh, services me. And so that's kind of how I flipped it was like, you know, nobody cares like if you win a race or don't win a race or this and that, like it's all about just like who you are and who you become and, and running can be that, you know, that uplifting thing. And so I turned it into that. It goes back to what Emma said in her little blurb before when she was saying that you could be like walking down the street and someone wouldn't know that you're one of the best marathoners that our country has ever seen. And before I keep going with this question, when I say that, like, how does that make you feel? I I don't believe it. <laughs> I mean, like, it's 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 weird. Like, it doesn't sink in that that's like a that's, fact. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's so funny. We were just talking the other day about like when someone pays you the same compliment four times, you're like, oh, it must be true because four different people have told me the same thing. But it's hard. Like, sometimes it's hard to be your own hype man. And you can be the most confident human on the face of the planet. But that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be moments of like inherent self-doubt. Absolutely. Like, we have such high expectations for ourselves. And I, I don't think that's a bad thing. It's just you know um it's nice to be reminded of like you know this is where you are and like you start to think back like oh yeah I have come a long way and like you're right I I I am you know the best in the world kind of you know you gotta you gotta yeah you gotta you gotta admit it to yourself you yell it from the rooftops yeah absolutely (laughs) I also appreciate that because it's evidence that you're still humble but it is a really beautiful thing when you step into this fact that I am really good at insert 
whatever, fill in the blank, being a marathoner, looking at me, being a podcaster, conducting conversations, like whatever it is that you're good at owning that, there's just so much power in that. So it's really cool. To go back to though, what Emma had said, she was saying like how humble you are, right? And this also goes then into a discussion that we should have about balance. Because when I put out that little like blurb on Instagram, that question box on Instagram, so many people were like, how is she so balanced? You are at least, at the very least, giving off the projection or, um, you know, people get that you, like, aren't just all about running. So how have you managed to become or embrace not being neurotic about your training? I think it's the things that I've gone through in life, like the really shitty stuff. And I am so grateful for that stuff that I've gone through um, because it's it's made me the person that I am today that's so balanced that realizes that, you know, running isn't that important. It's not the end all be all. Like people will still um, support me if I don't run and I still have these other qualities if I don't run. And so um, just really being focused on being happy in this moment, like, you know, again, life is so short. And so I do what I want to do all the time, you know, like I, of course, have to train every single day and be disciplined in that. But it's like, well, what can I do the rest of the day? Like, you know, I train for a couple hours in the morning, but I love going on hikes. I love, you know, eating, you know, fun food and like drinking wine and and just like really enjoying like social events. And so I'm not going to keep myself from doing those things because I want to win a world medal. Um, It's, you know, I want to do all those things and hope that I win a world medal. And I think when people become so rigid and like, I have to, you know, I can't drink, I can't, I can't eat these certain foods. I can't, you know, hang out with these people. I can't do all the stuff that they like actually want to do and are sacrificing. Then all of a sudden all this pressure gets built up in their, in their system and, and running just becomes so heavy or competition becomes so heavy. And like, you can crack under that pressure completely and that's how it was for me before do you experience shame for your choice to live a balanced lifestyle sometimes but it's from the people that aren't balanced and and don't understand how to be balanced and are probably you know cracking under the weight of their pressure so it's I think they they understand that that's probably the route to go but they just can't get past you know what their their vision and their goals are they're just so about the end results and aren't about like living in the moment to your point you just ran your best time of all time and you did that while living this balanced lifestyle, at least in the way that balance looks for you. So you know that for you, this is a way that works. This is what functions. But for others, they may not find the same to be true. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's sad because like I perform the best when I'm happy. And I think a lot of people um, underestimate how much that their performance are are affected because of you know all these sacrifices that they're making or you know they they get into like this just like slump of you know um, if I'm not doing this then I'm not worth that and it's like it's it sucks because it's that's not true you know like we're we're all worth so much more than than we think and I think uh, people if they just enjoyed their life on the daily and and didn't focus again on those end results they would be um, a lot further in in their goals and dreams and aspirations yeah and Taking that sentiment to navigating like one subpar effort or workout, right? It's so easy, especially, goodness, summer. We're in the summer right now. A lot of people gearing up for some sort of a fall marathon in that it's hot. It's humid. Like it's hard. Running is hard, period. Running is harder when it's hot and humid. Mm -hmm. And so it's so easy during these months in particular to like – lose sight of the fact that you are capable of things because of one crappy workout that makes you feel like you're just like a pile of crap on the ground. Oh, completely. (laughs) I mean, I had the worst workout of my entire buildup a week before the race. And then I had to skip another workout because I just wasn't, I wasn't feeling good because it was so hot out and everything. And I could have like let that completely consume me and be like, oh, well, that's it. Like my race is going to go horribly, but it's like, it's one or two days like out of you know the grand scheme of things it's it's not a big deal and it it turned out to not be at all so (laughs) there you go there's proof it turned out to work well for me so talk to us a little bit about what else you do for finding balance in your life when it comes to kind of your everyday you said you do have a fair amount of free time so what are you doing in that free time that 
makes you feel like you are, I guess we'll take a note from the ASICS book, like channeling that sound mind, sound body, because we all know it's so much bigger than just the training. Yeah, I mean, I just try to find things that I enjoy doing. And I mean, I enjoy like educating myself and like reading books and just like expanding my knowledge on anything and everything. And so people have probably seen like my Strava and like there are like fun facts every day. And like I am just like reading up on all these like little tidbits of all these like different facets of anything and everything. And I just that's what I want. I just want to be like a well-rounded person. Um, So I just try different things and try to like teach myself like different activities. And I love to paint and I love to draw. And so I'm always like challenging myself in those little ways and trying to um, keep people close too. like I've I've learned over the years how important it is to have, you know, a strong community. So reaching out to like friends and family and trying to keep them close and um, just really like loving on them as much as I can. And um, that that has created such a balance for me. Um, And yeah, it's just I I, I don't know like what I do day to day that's like necessarily a, a balance thing because I don't really think about it anymore. It's just like so innate that I just like. I just live my life like how I want to live it every single day. Yeah. And I, I mean, I worry about like bills and stuff and all that, you know, like everybody does, but like I try to not let that consume me like it used to. Yeah. When you were working 50 to 60 hour work weeks. Yes. (laughs) Now the work is just a little bit different. Yes. Keeping people close. When you made the move to Boulder, that probably became more important than ever, especially because of what you were navigating in your personal life at the time. What did that look like for you? Like, how did you go about maintaining those relationships and making sure that you were filling up your cup so that you could continue to pour out to both your sport and then obviously yourself? Yeah, it was really hard to leave all my friends in Boise. Um, I had like created such a great community there and so and I'm I'm terrible at like keeping in touch with people like from really far away like all the time like I'm such like a in-person kind of person and so that was really hard just to know like I I need to really immerse myself in the community of Boulder to really like um, just get a sense of community and just like have like this support system but like it's so easy in Boulder like there's so many wonderful people in Boulder so like I just like try to keep everybody close to me that's from afar but like really like hone in on like the people that are in front of me every single day and like just really try to uplift them and you know supporting them and um it's just like such a such a cool thing to have in Boulder because so many people are willing to like be behind you um, in in return and so that's something that's really amazing and especially the running community like there's so many different running communities in Boulder and so I love to just like immerse myself into each running community and learn from each running community because there's so many um, stories and that's what I've really appreciated over the years is just like finding people from like different places and like why they started running and it's it's way more inspiring honestly to hear those stories of people that kind of joined the sport later in life rather than like somebody that had the same journey as me so like kind of immersing myself into that and like getting re-inspired and reinvigorated in that way. Simply look at the woman who represented the U.S. for the marathon, right? You've got Kira, you've got Sarah, and you all at a different point in your lives with your own journey. And it's just really an example of what can happen if you're willing to put in the work and if you're willing to be honest with yourself about where your passions lie. Yeah, and again like it's it's amazing to be on a team with those two because again such different stories but equally as inspiring you know Kira taking eight years off of running and then having you know two children and coming back into the sport and just like you know just going all in and you know seeing those results is just something that's so so inspiring not only to like me but like to people that you know maybe didn't have it you know during their 20s or 30s they know that they can like they still have dreams they can go for those dreams and like she really has like provided such a different area of like inspiration that like I have for people or Sarah has and like Sarah of course like has these children that she adopted and are is fostering and like this is such an amazing thing because you can still be a mom and still you know run your fastest times ever and she's been in the sport for so long but she's you know worked her way up into you know breaking the American record in the half marathon like that's that's incredible yeah it is incredible and I think 
all three of you really do run happy, for lack of a better designation. You're talking about how that joy and that vibe is like entirely what you only you only accept that vibe you're like I'm going to be happy and this is what I'm going to embody do you feel as though for you on that note that it starts maybe with saying something like that and then is followed by action or do you feel like your actions are what make you happy I think uh, sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. Honestly, it's kind of yeah. one of those like I'm I'm just going to decide to be happy whether or not like I mean, I feel it right now. Like it's it's hard with running because there's so many times where it's like it's just really hard, you know, and um, just making that decision like just, you know, um, just kind of giving gratitude to like everything is around you. Like I that's the way that I've like become happier is just realizing every amazing thing that's in my life and deciding to focus on those things rather than things that worry me or the things that like maybe you know are stressing me out or or something like that it's just like really being grateful yeah and that's that's how I've I've viewed like happiness and I know that that's not like the case for everybody but that's that's how I've reached it is just I'm just gonna have a great attitude and and you know life may be shitty at times but I mean it could it could always be worse yeah um but just focusing on the the amazing little things and the amazing people because I have some amazing people in my life and I have a lot of amazing things that have happened and um, a lot of cool things to just like focus on and like kind of build momentum on. In that gratitude practice so to speak is there anything specific that you do or is it really just a way of life like do you journal do you use affirmations do you do any of that stuff? Um, I do a bit of everything, but I think the biggest thing is trying to slow down my everyday life and focus on the really small things. Like I had a post once um, that I was talking about gratitude and the way that I give it is um, just looking at like something as simple as, you know, uh, the laughter of a baby or like, you know, somebody holding a door for a stranger or just like a smile from across the room. It's like those little things that like, you know, some people just, you know, maybe it's in the background, but like, I like to be observant and kind of just like, you know, see everything and and take it all in and really just realize how beautiful this world is. Someone might hear you talking about this and think like, oh, well, how does she stay that way? Right? Like, does this mean that the bad things don't shake you? What do you say to that? That's not true. I mean, I, I have bad days you know like I have days where I don't want to leave the house and days that I'm just crying and those those are hard days but I've realized that you know you have to have those days to have balance and like I'm all about balance and that's that's how you create balance is you cry sometimes you're you're mad sometimes you let your feelings wash over you and like it's not a bad thing it's something that's just human nature and we all go through it Taking a break from today's episode to talk to you about my friends at Open. Now, I have mentioned my obsession with Open in the past. For those of you that are new to the platform, Open is a digital mindfulness platform that combines breathwork, meditation, and movement. I lean in to using Open first thing every morning. I have now graduated to a five-minute breathwork session. And doing that session first thing, it really helps me come into my body, be present with what is actually going on, and take a really deep breath, or well, a series of breaths, if you get my drift, before I jump head first into my day. The best part about Open is that they have classes under 10 minutes. Like I said, I'm loving the three-minute sessions. This means it's super quick, it's super easy to stick with, and in doing that, in sticking with my open breath work every morning, I feel like I sleep better, I am stressing a lot less, and I have more energy and focus to get through my day. Now, I would love for you to get in on the open action with me. Get 30 days free when you visit withopen.com slash hurdle. Again, that is withopen, W-I-T-H-O-P-E-N.com slash hurdle to get 30 days free. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I'll see you in class. When was the last time you cried? Oh, like just a few days ago. I was, yeah, it was, I was very emotional. Um, 
I mean, my so my sister just had a baby recently. So like that was like I w- have been overcome with emotion just because of, you know, that shiny little light, you know, being brought into our lives. There are times when I'm crying about happiness. There's times I'm crying about sadness. I mean, it's just whatever it is. I just take it for what it is. Take it for what it is. When things like your sister having a baby and you having such a big day here in Oregon on Monday, when these like big moments happen for you, how do you navigate those moments without your dad? It's it's tough. Like I miss him the most when when I'm the happiest and he's always in my mind when I'm at those points. So like it's it was really hard for a while and I would like, you know, I sh- I shouldn't be happy, you know, like he's not here, like I I feel guilty kind of thing. But I just know that he would be so proud and sorry. I love like crying about it because I had somebody that I love so much to miss, you know, like I'm so lucky that I had him in my life and had those times with him. But it is like really hard when, you know, you're, you have these moments and you know, there's a little bundle of joy being brought into our family and he's not there to meet her. Yeah. At the same time though, when you think about those, the tough miles later in the marathon, right? And I remember in the press conference, you were saying like, oh my God, yeah, like I was in this dark place. And then you think about how when you're in that dark place, you also think of your dad Mm -hmm. and the strength that he's given you to navigate those hurdles. It's such a gift to have that perspective and to have had someone that literally makes you a better person. Absolutely. And that's like what brings me out of like, the sad part of it is, you know, like I, I know that he wouldn't want me to be sad. He would be so upset if he knew I was sad about it. He's <laughs> like, he would want me to turn it into a positive and, and be, you know, gain more strength from it. To go back to those tough moments in the marathon, whether you're running or you're just trying to like live your day, we all have like these like dark moments that sprinkle into the mix. And for you, knowing that you weren't done yet, to be able to pull yourself out of that spot. Talk to us about maybe the mental gymnastics that happens there. Yeah, this time um, around, it was it was dark for a long time because I had never gone out that fast in mm. a marathon before. So things were uncomfortable very, very early on. And so I was, you know, there's ebbs and flows at the marathon, but there was a lot of lot more ebbs um, to this one like it was it was really tough and so there was so much emotion that went through so many different um, of those like kind of roller coasters and my dad went was in the forefront of most of those but it was at the end where you know you're, you're at 20 miles and like it's you know six miles to go still I just was like I felt defeated because every like it just felt so hard and I felt like the race had like completely just you know it it was being lost. And all of a sudden I just remembered where I was. Um, I'm at the world championships. I'm running for team USA. There are all these people here to support me. Um, and I just want to make them proud. I want to be proud of my performance as well. I want to, you know, just go out here. Like this is my one opportunity, like just go for it. And so once I got to that point of mentality, like I just, I just sent it. And so I didn't care how bad it hurt. I just went for it. And those last six miles were some of the most fun miles ever, just because I, I, I didn't care. I was just like, you know, let's just get this done. Like this is, (laughs) this is it. Like this is, you know, what, what I tried trained, you know, these last, you know, however many years for is, is this moment in time. When someone tells you, as they have over the last few days since Monday, that you inspire them, how does that make you feel? I'm, uh, it's, it's overwhelming because I'm like, really? Like, why? Like, why do I inspire you? But then, I mean, I, I try to remember what inspires me. And, you know, Sarah Hall inspires me. Kira all these track and field athletes, all these people going out there and training day in and day out to do, you know, their very best at, at their respective sport. That, that inspires me. So I'm like, okay, well, yeah, if, if they inspire me, then I can inspire you too. And that's incredible. Like, that's so heartwarming to know that, like, I'm like that to them, like that perspective is so weird to me because I just, I don't feel like what I do is special. Um, A lot of times it's just like, I'm just running, you know, like this is just, this is what I love to do, but it's amazing that that can be, you know, a side effect of it. 
to double click on I had never gone out that fast in a marathon. <laughs> Can you give us or paint the picture of what happened versus maybe what the race plan was versus like maybe what conventionally happened before? <laughs> I going into it thought I was just going to kind of like do what I did at Chicago. So at Chicago Marathon, I started out very conservatively and then like started picking it up and eventually found myself in second. So for those of you who are not familiar with how this played out, we had a second place finish in the Chicago Marathon last year. Yes. Okay, so keep going now. Yes. (laughs) And that's how I ran. It was very conservative in the beginning and then like kept picking people off. So I thought that that was going to kind of be the game plan again. But Joe, um, my coach, told me like, no, we're just going to go for it. Like if you intend to medal, you have to go out at a fast clip. We're going to go out at 70. I think you can do it. You're at in 220 shape. Like just let's go show America what you can do. That's what he said. (laughs) A little blindsided, but so stoked. Like the fact that he, like he doesn't say those things unless he believes them. Like he doesn't say a lot of words. And when he does, like they're so meaningful. I also feel like someone saying that to me, I would just be like, when the hell did we get here? (laughs) That's, that's how I was thinking. Yeah. It was just like, um, okay, Joe, like that would have been nice to know maybe like a month ago or whatever, but here we are the day before we're gonna, we're gonna send it. Yep. Full send. Okay, so um, going into it, um, Sarah was like, hey, can we work together on this? Like, we should work together, right? I was like, hell yeah, we should work together. If you think that, you know, we're compatible enough in our training and our capabilities to go out with each other. And I was like, yeah, I'm going out in 70. She's like, perfect, let's do it. And so then we got Kira and she's like, yep, like that's what's going to happen. And so that was a decisive moment that we were just like, we're we're going to do this thing. Man, and just the fact that like Kira just got thrown into this. I like, know it. It kills me. It truly kills me. It's just like, yeah, sure. Like, I'd love to go out at 70. That sounds good for mm-hmm. me. That mm-hmm. sounds fine. Like, she hasn't been training for the marathon in oh a very God. long time. And she, it's funny because she got carried away. Um, yeah. She went with that front pack. But it's like, she's been 10K training. So, it's like, that felt so easy for her. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, well, this is getting hard. So, I'm so glad that she, like, slowed down and to, like, get into our pack and so that we could work together and like I mean to finish like as close as we did like I can't imagine it happening any other way so special so special there's this like great photo of like (laughs) I call it like the butts photo it's like your two little butts waiting for Kira to like cross the finish line and you're facing her so like the butts are the closest thing to the 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 camera and it's like I just love this for you (laughs) (laughs) just love this culture of like happiness and acceptance you know the other thing here to note as well is like the fact that again this culture of support is just so special and the fact that like all three of you genuinely wanted so much goodness for the other it was truly coming into this event as a team and not just I am here to do the best that I can and like I hope you do well but like I'm really focused on myself completely and that's like that's very rare and I understand that especially like with all the the stuff that I've gone through with um women you know and friends and stuff like that being petty and competitive and stuff like that I it's crazy what female distance running is right now because I don't feel that anywhere Mm. and that's something that I think has changed the game so much like my my good friend Laura Thweet and I were talking about it and like we think that the reason why women's distance running is on the rise and like maybe the men aren't as much right now is because like we're so supportive of each other and we empower each other and we're like always our biggest cheerleaders for each other and the men are so like oh I just want to beat these people you know and like that creates an environment and just like I don't know toxic energy like whenever I'm around like people like Sarah and Kira like I am so excited and so just like oh my god I'm just like doing this thing with my friends you know Mm -hmm. like it makes it so it's not so serious and that's what I really like about it it's just like I'm just here to have fun just here to have a good time yeah what else excites you right now this is a really exciting time to be um, an American distance runner, especially. So, like, I'm just so cool. It's just so cool to see, like, the American records being broken. And so to think that I am in the realm of maybe even breaking an American record at some point um, within the next few years is something that really, like, gets me excited and gets me going. But also just, like, 
focusing on my team. Like they're, they're just such an amazing group of people. And like, they're, they're accomplishing these big goals too. And just like really embracing just like their journeys and everything like that has just been really wonderful. And I mean, again, like my, my little niece being born, it's just like, you know, the, the little things in life that like are so exciting and, and the, the changes that are going to be had like within this next year. And I don't know where life is going to go. And I know what fall marathon I'm doing, but beyond that, I don't really know like what, what's coming next. What fall marathon? are you doing i can't say but (laughs) i know (laughs) you guys will know soon hopefully oh man i can't break any news here today it's fine (laughs) it's no but um, it's fine and there's probably better places for the news to be broken than on hurdle (laughs) when someone comes to your instagram page they see a woman who proudly came in second place as a chicago marathon last year now someone such a prominent runner in the American distance community. When you look in the mirror, what is it that you see looking back at you? I see a woman that is completely confident in who she is and what she wants. And that's something that I don't think I ever thought I would see looking back at me. Who are you? I I am somebody that like expects so much out of myself that I, I won't stop until I get what what I want and and what I think I deserve. Do you feel as though on that journey you've been good at having grace and compassion with yourself when it doesn't go as you'd hoped? I haven't always and being able to recognize that I haven't always done that is a huge step. Um, and so I know that I have so much more growth to, to have, but um, I've come a long way and, and I've given myself um, a lot of grace this past couple of years. And that has made all the difference. That recognition and that realization for so many to get to that place alone is truly challenging. To recognize that is the first step in doing something going forward in embracing a little bit more grace, embracing your potential, because we all deserve to have a positive dialogue. We all deserve to talk to ourselves the way that you might want to talk to your best friend. And so if you're in there, you know, shit talking yourself, and that's the person that you're talking to the most in any given day, it's not going to serve you at all. Not one bit. And self-awareness is like, been a huge part of my growing process and if people just can know thyself that's a huge step and like you have to you probably have to dig and you know dig up some pretty shitty things but um once you you know dig yourself into a hole then you can climb back out of it and leave all that shit behind leave all that shit behind i do need to point out that about like two minutes and 20 seconds ago you said i can be someone that breaks an american record in the next few years when i say that back to you How do you feel? It feels like I need to hold myself accountable to that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So, I mean, you know what fall marathon you're doing. You're not telling us. That's fine. I'm not mad. But one of the questions that came in from the community was asking about if you had to pick a favorite from your past, what it would be. Do you have one? Would you say this over Chicago? Oh, 100%. I'm sorry. Uh, I love Chicago and I love taking second at a world major, but to represent my country in front of a home crowd, there's nothing that will ever match this like this oh I want to do it all over again it was so incredible does that mean that there's going to be maybe a 20 part recap on deck for your Uh, Instagram at least (laughs) I am sorry for anybody that doesn't want to see 20 photos of me in a row but uh it it's going to be a lot honestly like there's so many emotions and like I I've kind of started writing it, but again, I'm like still processing. So like I try to let it all soak in until like I release everything. So it's coming, but yeah, there's a lot to be, to be said. Uh, If you weren't in the loop after Chicago last year, I believe it was a 15 part recap. Yeah. Yeah. I love that though. And I think it's so helpful to like see where your head was at during that and understand the process. And even more so when you take the time throughout that recap to give us some insight into the journey, right? Because you don't wake up one morning and become someone who's saying the sentence, I am capable of breaking an American record in the marathon. That doesn't happen. There's been so much work and so much effort and so much recognition that you deserve as someone who is getting out there and putting yourself out there, right? So to be able to shed that light is 
obscenely helpful for so many people who may be spinning their wheels stuck in the process. And that's incredible to me. Like I didn't realize how much impact those uh, stories would have on people, but they, them realizing that like I am going through the same things that they're going through, whether that be in the race or throughout the entire training process, that just like is so comforting. They're like, oh my gosh, like even you, like a professional runner has the same like thoughts through your head. Like I want to, you know, DNF, like I want to like drop out so many times during races, but I, you know, like that's, that's what goes through my head as well. Like, yeah, I get paid to do this, but like it, I still have the same emotions. I'm still a human being. And like, this is really freaking hard. Yeah. <laughs> this is so easy. Yes. No, it's not. <laughs> Said no, no runner ever. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's crazy though, because like very rarely do you have that like perfect flow state experience especially I will say this especially for a marathon you're just out there for so long and it is such like a beautiful analogy for life right like that you have to like find parts of yourself at different places during this race if you want to like come to that place where you're at your full potential and it's not going to be beauty beautiful all the time and it's going to be gritty and like that's okay yeah. Again, just let things wash over you during that process and like let it let it be. I think that's the beauty of the marathon is like you go through so much but you learn so much about yourself through that process completely. Would did you step into the race this week marinating or thinking back to any one particular piece of advice or sentiment? So my coach like has always had like mantras for each like training cycle. And so this one was um, how easy can you make it? And that sounds that sounds stupid because running isn't easy ever, but it's to stop. Get out of your head. Stop forcing it. You know, just loosen up. Stop being so rigid and just again, let it be like let what is happening right now and just like keep it like where it is, like feel what you're feeling, be within yourself, let your body do what it needs to do. Get out of the way of your body and like get your head out of the way and just like make it easy in that way. Do you feel like there has been anything else in your life over the last, let's say, year or two or maybe even the pandemic that you've needed to apply that same philosophy to? Yeah, I mean, every everything honestly <laughs> like i can't think of anything that i haven't really applied that to you know like it's 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 stop forcing everything you know like life is is too short to worry and you know um just kind of i, I like to go with the flow and that's kind of like how you keep it easy you know like be adaptable just like don't don't try to um do things that maybe that it's just not the right time like i'm so like in tune with what the universe wants like the universe just like it, it has signs for you. And if you could just like listen to it and, and, you know, some people who get like injured, for instance, like they try to like come back too quickly. And it's like, obviously, like you got injured for a reason, you need to take a step back. And maybe this is, you know, a blessing in disguise kind of thing. For someone who struggles getting there, who struggles being okay with being malleable, flexible, adaptable, do you have any actionable advice for them to become a little bit better trying to think of how I became that way um it's just through experience like once you start to like let go of those things you start to realize how minuscule like the that certain thing that you wanted to happen is and you're able to just kind of be happy with what is in front of you instead so like living in the moment has always been so just that's that's kind of like always my thing is mindfulness and like focusing on what's in front of you and giving gratitude like honestly though all those things have have helped me so much in that way and recognizing when you make a stride in doing that right Mm -hmm. like if something happens where you realize, hey, I actually was okay with going with the flow on that, or I was able to pivot here, great. Because so often, like, these moments pass, and we're just like, oh, cool, on to the next thing, on to the next thing. But, like, if you don't take the time to commemorate in the same way you would another win, so to speak, then if you don't notice that, then you can't do something with that going forward. Absolutely. And accomplishing things, like, in a way that, like, is different from – you know, the way that you accomplished them before is like something to be proud of also. Like that's that's how I've kind of had that perspective of, of things. What was that quote that my life coach told me the other day? She said, be okay with changing the plan. Yeah. And I keep thinking about that. You may have in your mind a way that something is going to go, but 
if you're okay with the fact that you might be able to get to where you want to be by making a little bit of a shift, then a whole world of opportunity opens up to you because you could find things as you pivot that are so much better than what you even thought were there for you. Absolutely. Be okay with changing the plan. Yeah. And all the good things in my life have happened because of a pivot, honestly. Yes. (laughs) All right. We got track to watch. So we're going to wind up here. Uh, wind down here, wind up, wind down. We're going to wind down. We'll wind down to wind up. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to wind down so that we can turn up. Yes. Final question for you, my friend. Right now, you have the opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice going through the hurdle moment of moving to Boulder, walking away from Boise, making a huge life change, and picking yourself up after a few difficult years. What do you tell yourself with the knowledge that you have now? Everything works out. Go with the flow. I mean, even if it's not, again, what you planned, like something beautiful will come out of it because, I mean, nothing in life is guaranteed, but like there's some really beautiful things that can come out of the unexpected. Beautiful things come out of the unexpected. Emma Bates, so happy that we were able to do this. How do the hurdlers follow along with you? How do they keep up with you? Give me your details. I got some Instagram. Um, Emma Janelle Bates is the name. <laughs> we've, we've turned into a Southern accent. We're about to go turn up at a country happy hour upstairs. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. I am over at Emily Abadi and at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. 